This episode is sponsored by Gummy Cube. Did you know that 63% of all apps are discovered by App Store Search? So ranking for the right keywords is key to your app success. To find out more about App Store optimization and from the guys who can really help you, go to www.gummycube.com. That's gummycube, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com. And thanks to Gummy Cube for being such a great supporter of this show. This episode is sponsored by Apptentive. Uh, Apptentive has given us a way as app entrepreneurs to get customer feedback directly within the app. So to sign up for a free mobile app consultation, go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase, apptentive, A-P-P-T-E-N-T-I-V-E.com forward slash app guy. And thank you so much, Apptentive, for supporting this show. Hi, I'm Martin Bryant, Editor-at-Large at The Next Web, and I'm listening to The App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, The App Guy. Welcome to another episode of The App Guy Podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. This is the show that helps you, helps you as an app entrepreneur, if you're a startup fanatic, if you are even doing side gigs, but you want to know what this world is about, then I go around the world and interview some of the, the best people that we can find to help us with these journeys uh, of app entrepreneurship. And uh, I've got l- literally the most amazing guest uh, for you today. Uh, his name is John Bradford. And uh until recently, he was the MD at Techstars. He's going to tell us a little bit about that. But he uh, really does go around helping uh, companies, helping startups. He's got huge, uh, I mean, if, I really recommend going to the show notes and, and clicking on uh, all the links to tell you about John. Uh, his portfolio is too long to mention here. So we're going to find out more. John, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So, t- well, let's talk about your background because it is so impressive. You've been involved in in uh, tech stars. You've uh, recently um, having a reflective stage. But uh, tell us, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, John. Well, actually, um, the reason why uh, LinkedIn is so long is because I'm just really old, um, <laughs> like me. Then <laughs> exactly, I've I've done uh, I've like had I think this would probably be the third part of my life if that kind of makes sense, not including my teenage years and children. So. Um, I, I started many, many years ago as a boring accountant um, and wasn't very good at it, but seemed to hang on and do it for a long time. I, I jumped ship in 2000 and I've been working around early stage startup type businesses since then. So it didn't seem such a long time ago, but somebody pointed out it was 15 years ago. Um, I spent 10 years of that effectively working in and around startups. And um, about five years ago, I had the good fortune of bumping into a guy called David Cohen um, who um, ran Techstars. At that point, nobody knew what Techstars was. Um, and he helped me set up um, what was the first uh, accelerator outside of the US um, called the Difference Engine that nobody's ever heard of and is completely insignificant. But essentially, in the last five years, I've, I've run uh, now 10 programs personally. I think I've helped 12 other programs start up across Europe and beyond. I've been fortunate enough to bump into some really smart people and started a few businesses. And uh, every so often I get some sleep as well. Well, John, I mean, we've had a lot of uh, entrepreneurs on the show uh, that are from the Techstars Accelerator and they are so inspirational. Um, what, what, uh, what's it like working around these entrepreneurs? It must, uh, must be just, you know, really sort of amazing and motivating to actually be part of it. Yeah, I mean... 
there's a sliding scale on any given day. It can be the most inspiring job in the world, and on other occasions, it can be a royal pain in the ass. Um, the uh, entrepreneurs, by their very nature, I think entrepreneurs are very like five-year-olds. They they're very addictive to work with. Uh, they they screw up on a regular basis, um, and they always are coming back, going, "Do you know that thing you said I shouldn't have done? Well, I did do it, and I screwed up. Uh, can I have forgiveness? And can you give me some more money, please?" Um, so, but um, yeah. Uh, they they are amazing, and I wouldn't have done what I've done for the last five years unless I felt that um, there was uh, it was fun and interesting, and and one could make a little bit of money along the way. Well, John, I'm in danger of uh, taking too many quotes from this show. I like to take quotes, and uh, like uh, entrepreneurs like five year olds is uh, already standing out as a potential quote. So. Um, you know, one of the big questions we often get, I often get, is um, you know, how do um, you approach investors? How do you, uh, like, what's the best way of positioning yourself as an entrepreneur, as someone who's leading maybe a small team? Uh, how would you respond to that? How would you uh, suggest, you know, the best way is to, to get your attention? Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, I'm going to tell you a whole bunch of cliches that you'll have probably heard from other places, but there's a, a well-known line which is, um, if you want um, money, um, ask for advice, and if you want advice, ask for money. Um, so ordinarily, um, most entrepreneurs, I think, approach investors too late, so they sort of need the money um, at the point they're asking for it. The problem with that is an entrepreneur doesn't know you from Adam at that point in time, and so therefore he wants to build some sort of relationship to understand you better. Um, I strongly believe that the, probably the most interesting thing to, to really screw up um, an, uh, an investor's brain is to actually approach them and say, I've just started something, I'd love to uh, get some feedback on it, um, can I come and see you and grab you a coffee? And, and, and go for whatever minute it's fine. And talk to the investor. Never ask for money. That really screws with their head. Um, but what it does do, and and I then say to them is take good notes, listen to the advice, uh, think about what the feedback was, and then either email them or ask for a coffee ninety days later, and go back to them in ninety days' time and say, do you know all of that stuff you told me? Well, I did this with this stuff because that was really valuable. I thought about what you said here. I wasn't sure that was correct, so I did something else. And so what you're trying to do is essentially build a relationship between yourself and a potential investor way, way before. But also don't forget, investors, um, and, and, and some are better than others, but at the end of the day, they listen to a lot of pitches and they hear a lot of advice from a lot of different people. Um, they can be inherently valuable as a data source for you to understand your business better. And to basically, um, it's a bit like getting a job. The first interview you go to is not necessarily the one you want. So do a few mock interviews or work with a whole bunch of people before you actually get to the point where you actually really need the money. So um, kiss the frogs a little bit earlier than you would do um, and talk to as many smart people as you can, and that includes investors. It sounds to me like it's worth actually applying for accelerator programs almost just to go through the process of seeing what the questions are and what they're trying to understand. Is, is that what you're saying? Um, I, I mean, this is just, this is not just as a, I was, the statement was more about investors than accelerators, but you're absolutely right with accelerators, exactly the same thing. So 
we regularly um, find that, I, I say to people, uh, apply early, um, way before they knew you'd expect to, get on my radar. And so when you apply six months later, um, I can see the progress that you've made from the original application. And, and um, Investors is a great um, uh, article written by a guy called uh, Mark Schuster um, called Lines Not Dots, and it's about how investors make investment decisions. And it basically is, um, the idea behind it is, is understanding people and seeing how progress is made between the two points that you see them, or the three points or the four points. Uh, investors just can't make decisions on the spot based upon a given point in time. And uh, I tell you what, we've, we've had, uh, you mentioned at the start, you know, you've had a few career changes in a way and mm -hmm. you started off as an accountant. And I'm sure there's people listening to this right now who are tempted to quit their job or like start a startup or go for it, you know, with maybe with, what would you say to those who are, you know, thinking about that? It, can, can you actually do it without a track record or, or is it, you know, is, are you just likely to fail the first several times and you need to kind of just accept that and, and, and really build up like your uh, experience and relationship? So what, what, so what would you say to anyone who's thinking about quitting their job to do a startup? Well, I mean, I tend to take the view, which is slightly contrary to most other people, which is there are seven days in a week. Um, you typically work for five of them, so you've got two spare, which is almost half a week. Um, there's a lot you can do in your spare time, and also it's a good way of you really understanding whether you want to do it or not. Um, and there will be an actual point um, where you get to a certain critical mass or you have enough data or there's something inherently interesting in what you're doing that actually says, well, maybe I should step out and actually do this on a full-time basis. So I'm, I'm not necessarily, I think of it more as a, an analog or shades of gray rather than a binary or black and white statement of one day I'm going to stop my job and the next day I'm going to start a startup. I think there's a lot more that can be done in the intervening period. I, I was fortunate enough that I've never I've never felt that I've actually ever done that in my career. I've, I've managed to transition from one role to the next. And it really is playing around with this idea that there are seven days in a week. And if you can, in, in my instance, I was fortunate enough to be able to have a job which was only four days instead of five days a week. And so suddenly I, I was in this, I had a day job which paid me four days a week and I had three days spare to actually plan what I was going to do next. So, so you're actually going through a transitionary period as well you, yourself. So it's probably timely to to talk about how you uh, you know approach that and uh, what what kind of you go through in, in terms of a decision making process to figure out what you actually want to do next. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm. I, I describe to people I'm going through a decelerator at the minute. So <laughs> right, okay. I'm learning to do everything a little bit slower than I would have ordinarily. Um, no, I, I think uh, I'm. I'm the wrong side of 40, so the way I make decisions will be slightly different from somebody slightly earlier in their career. I think I've come back having, I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have lots of different opportunities in front of me and I can do many different things. Um, but what I've come back with is I've got a set, set, set of criteria to think about why and what I would do next. And I think if I can remember, there's four of them. And the four decisions are essentially um, have fun, make money, work with smart people, and make an impact. Um, and none of those are functional. So that could be as an investor, that could be as an entrepreneur, that could be as something totally different. 
But if they don't have those, basically those four criteria, it's just something I'm just not interested in. And so I'm making my decisions in a slightly different approach. I love that. I love the fact that you're reminding us it's best to have a belief system and then follow that because then it makes it easier to have decisions. So, uh, I think that's some real, like, I would say something which is very true to where Techstars is, which is we, we have some very strong underlying beliefs and cornerstones. So on one side, I have Techstars, which has a very strong mantra, which is entrepreneur first or uh, give first. Um, and on the other side, I've, I've I've started a business with a good friend of mine called F6S. And, and basically we have a similar cornerstone, which is we will always put the entrepreneur first ahead of everybody else. And all of our decisions are made around that. And, and I find those, those things to be the easiest and simplest ways to make decisions. So let me thank who I think is the planet's best app store optimization company and that is GummyCube. Now GummyCube are a San Francisco based company but they can deal with you wherever you are. They are an app store optimization technology company. Now they leverage big data from the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store and they use this to feed their algorithms which helps you to be more effective with search on the App Store. Now one of the biggest discoveries they've made over the last few years is that web search and mobile search are completely different. So they collect big data, it's called DataCube, and this is from the app stores, not the web search. Uh, so this means that you can be much, much more effective with optimizing your apps uh, for the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. So I highly recommend going and checking them out. It's www.gummycube.com, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, gummycube.com. And just thank you, GummyCube, for being such a great supporter of this show. This episode is brought to you by Apptentive. Apptentive have a great intelligent ratings prompt. So what does that mean? It means that you can drive five-star reviews, which obviously then means your app is going to climb the charts. Uh, so what you can do is you can prompt the user, ask the question, hey, do you like the app? Yes or no? It's pretty obvious that if they hit yes, you want to take them to the review page so they can leave a really cool review. If they hit no, you do not want to take them to the review page. You want to take them to the inbuilt messaging center where you can actually communicate with them two-way and find out why they don't like the app. So keep those criticisms off of the review page and help your app climb the charts by only driving five-star reviews to the review page. Uh, go and check them out. It's apptentive.com forward slash app guy. That's apptentive.com forward slash app guy. They will give you a free consultation and thank you so much to Apptentive for supporting this show. Well, John, we've got two more things to do before we say goodbye to you. One is that uh, we love to try and figure out new ideas ourselves, and it's always helpful to find out f from the entrepreneurs what, what you're seeing, what trends you're seeing in the marketplace, because you do have a wonderful like uh, bird's-eye view, in fact, of, um, uh, of the startup scene. What, what do you think is you know, re really a, an interesting area for the, the listeners to perhaps focus on? Um, so actually, I would argue that there's a lot of noise in the market, and so therefore the the quantum of the noise is not necessarily indicative of the interest level. So I spend my life thinking about stuff before it gets trendy, um, and so I'm I'm not into dating apps, and I'm not into renting apps, and I'm not into bill sharing apps, even though there are other people smart doing that. The thing I'm I'm super fascinated by is um, blockchain and its potential implementation. Uh, either inside the financial services or actually beyond. I think people 
need to spend more time looking at the potential of blockchain because I think it has the potential of doing what HTTP did um, in in web for lots of different services in lots of different areas. Right. Okay. Uh, you're gonna have to expand on that because block. You saying blockchain? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe uh, well, um, for the benefit of actually me and probably a few people listening, uh, what is blockchain? So blockchain is the really interesting piece of the technology that makes Bitcoin work. So interestingly, everybody runs around and talks about Bitcoin, but the reality is it's the underlying protocol that makes Bitcoin work, which is called blockchain. And essentially what it does is it allows you to have a completely decentralized system um, which has trust built into it. Um, and it's, it's almost impossible to describe um, uh, in two minutes. What I would probably say is if you do a quick Google search and, and typically a really good source of information, I think, is uh, Fred Wilson, um, whose website is avc.com. And he talks about blockchain as a protocol. Definitely worth looking up and having a check up. Well, and also you reminded me of my chat episode 338 with Justin Drake, who talked about that very thing as well. So that's definitely yeah. another resource uh, about it's, how it, it's, it's obviously had an impact on uh, finance, but it could be everywhere, not just money. Yeah, it's to do with like in money, it's a, it's a statement of I have money, I'm passing it to you. You understand and trust me that the money is mine. You don't have like a clearinghouse that basically says, did John have the money or not? Um, it completely... It, it shifts the balance of power away from very centralized democracies, which is why it's really scary. Um, and um, it can be used in lots of different places. I think it's use in healthcare could be really interesting around records. So people personally hold their records rather than it being held in a central point. Um, it could be used for CVs. So I could imagine a version of LinkedIn which basically says, I did go to Bristol University and there's some statement and a trust statement uh, around that and basically it exposes myth of stuff has to hold, be held in a central database in the middle and actually it can be held at the edges by individuals. It, wonderful stuff. Sounds like an episode in itself. Um, okay, John, the last thing is this is a show about apps and so we couldn't let you go without uh, getting you to grab your phone and yeah. tell us one or two apps that you uh, could recommend to us that uh, uh, maybe not the usual ones, but ones that you think we may not have heard of cr across before. Oh, I'm really boring. All of <laughs> all the apps on my phone are really dull. The one I could not live without in my life is something called TripIt. I'm sure you're very familiar with. Are you? Uh, you know, I heard of TripIt, but I, how are you actually using it? So TripIt is. It's, it's quite an old app. I actually discovered uh, quite recently one of the early investors, and I, I almost leaned across the table and kissed him, uh, which is quite embarrassing. <laughs> but essentially what it allows you to do is, as you get travel itineraries or invoices or things like Surreal or uh, hotels or um, uh, airlines, you effectively can email um, TripIt, I think it's just plans at tripit.com. It figures out who you are and then effectively parses the email and actually puts it into a format which is really valuable and useful. Uh, as someone who I think I've discovered, I, I've traveled around the world 12 times uh, over the last two years on air transportation. And my, my son, my nine year old son, pointed out I'm about halfway to the moon. Um, 
I spend my life traveling. So it's just, it's the most insanely sensational. If you do any level of traveling, it's amazing. It's just a, a good way of aggregating information in a very usable way. That, that is wonderful. Well, of course, that and other things that you mentioned, John, will be on the show notes. It's episode 372. Just go to theappguy.co, search for John Bradford, and you'll see links to uh, the articles that he's mentioned and the app. John, what a wonderful episode. I feel like uh, it, could, it could have gone on for a long time, but uh, we're, we're going to have to end there. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, how best can people connect or, or reach out to you? Dead easy. Um, I My email address is jd at jd.me. And anybody who wants to, they can reach out directly to me there. Great. John, thanks for, so much for coming on the show. All the best. And uh, yeah, we'd love to get you back on at any time. You, you're welcome to come come on the show. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for listening to this episode. I do want to make a couple of announcements, which I, I'll do after these sponsored messages. So remember to go and check out www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com, who are the world's best app store optimization company. And I highly recommend uh, using them to improve the optimization of your apps and help them get discovered in the app store and use their algorithms and their data cube from the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. So www.gummycube.com. And thanks to Gummycube for being such a great supporter of this show. This episode has been brought to you by Apptentive. Apptentive are offering a free 55-page ebook on how to get the best ratings and reviews. Uh, to find out more, just go to apptentive.com forward slash appguy. That's apptentive.com forward slash appguy. And thank you very much to Apptentive for supporting the show. So just two quick announcements as I'm sitting here uh, editing the podcast. One is that uh, I have uh, had an absolute crushing time on Product Hunt. I recorded an episode, in fact, it is going to be a future episode, and it's for uh, a, a website called landing.jobs, landing.jobs, which is focused on tech. Uh, we absolutely crushed Product Hunt, and uh, we, we finished number one. And it was a terrific day, loads and loads of upvotes. One of my um, best uh, product hunts uh, that I've been involved with and a terrific founder as well. And so I really highly recommend waiting for that episode to come out. Uh, it's with uh, Pedro Oliveira and uh, he's terrific, oh, Matt Carozo as well. And we go through the whole step-by-step -step process of how we actually launched and got a ton of traffic. And the second update is that I uh, did actually want to thank John uh, for introducing me to a few tech journalists. Uh, it actually resulted in my best PR week ever because uh, I launched a creative writing tool uh, with uh, my good friend, Mike, and uh, we had so much uh, attention and traffic as a result of not only uh, being on Product Hunt, but also uh, getting it mentioned by uh, The Next Web. And we've been uh, approached by Bloomberg and uh, we had some leads through TechCrunch. So uh, it was a terrific, terrific uh, time. I think we drove uh, around about 26,000, as of the time of recording, 26,000 uh, views over about 10 days. and. Uh, it meant actually that uh, the site uh, crashed, which, uh, well, it didn't crash, it went to a, a sort of average response time of uh, 20 seconds, which uh, is uh, pretty good. Uh, you know, I've always wanted one of those stories of uh, sending uh, so much um, attention to a, to a, 
site that it actually crashed and uh, we almost crashed it but uh, it was all as a result of uh, a good product hunt launch and and also uh, being uh, in contact with uh, these journalists which was as a result of uh, my post chat with John so uh, I love the way this whole entrepreneurial stuff works and uh, do go check out uh, I Love Your Stories I Love Your Stories it's actually iList.com iList.com and uh, we're getting a lot of uh, great uh, feedback it's helped me actually write um, I haven't done much writing but um, you know over the last uh, year it's mostly uh, audio uh, but I've uh, suddenly got into a flow of writing and uh, if you um, are in the same position as me where uh, you struggle to be creative and write then uh, do try and check out uh, eyeless.com eyeless.com it gets rid of all the distractions puts you into a creative mindset and you get to write and uh, you can just pump it out so I've just written something for the examiner where I'm going to be featured and uh, I've written uh, on medium as well where you can find me uh, probably blogging a little bit more than I have done. So uh, all that's great. Thanks very much for listening to this uh, announcement and uh, look forward to getting another episode to you very shortly. Bye for now.